All right, welcome back to another episode of the Hoffcast. This is episode number 120. Still missing 100, for those of you keeping score at home. Uh, but we'll get to 100. Everybody knows we will. You're right. There's no question about it. Let me check my levels. Good. Sound good? Maybe a little hot? Okay. Oh, it's been a been a hot minute, but uh, things have been you know moving right along in the All American Comedy Tour. I knocked out Idaho and Washington State, so those were both really fun. Had went to Boise for my first time in I don't know uh, probably seven years. It's been since I've been to Boise, and pe- it's one of those that people have asked for. People said, "When are you coming to Idaho? Where's Boise? I need Boise," and there is. This the weird thing is, is there is a comedy club there. I just have no relationship with them, so there's just no ability for me to get in there. I've contacted them; they just don't know, who, you know, anything about me. And so it's like, all right, well, I'll book, I'll book my own thing. And so my agent put me in a, a one nighter there and sold out show. I, eh, yeah, I sold out, but th- there was a table that didn't show up. I don't know what the deal was with them. Uh, but anyway, it, it looked sold out <laughs> except for that one table in the back, which I saw right when I walked in, I was like, who the hell, why would you not show up? Um, but I want to thank everybody that came out and made that show such a success. It was a great time. There was like a, a dueling piano guy up there before me, which, but there was no duel. There was no, it was just piano guy. <laughs> it was just one, but he had all the same energy of dueling pianos. It's just, they weren't playing together. It was just him carrying it the entire time as the warm up. And then, uh, and he did a great job. Uh, but then there's like this weird thing because the piano was taking up most of the front of the stage. So they were like, "Can you just do it around the piano?" I was like, "No, let's let's go ahead and take an intermission." Which is usually death. It's usually death for a stand-up comedy show is to take an intermission. Uh, you know, once the energy is being built, you don't you want to ride that wave, right? You want to keep keep going up the hill. You don't want to stop the roller coaster halfway and then have to get all your momentum again. But this time, there was just no no stopping it. They asked me before the show, they're like, can you do it around the piano? I was like, no, no, let's just take a hard seven minutes, let people go to the bathroom, get another drink, and then you just bring me up. But let's move that piano out of the way. And, um, and, and so I went up, and right away, crowd was great. Right away, 99.9% of this crowd was amazing, except... For this loud lady right up front, this like 70-year-old lady right up front, almost like minute three, she starts chirping at me. She's just she's just talking. It's one of these people that has no self-awareness. You know what I'm talking about? Just like one of these people, they don't, they don't live in reality with the rest of us. They don't see how they're being perceived by every single person around, usually by the person sitting right next to them that they came to the show with. They have no idea. What's going on? And right away, I, I do a joke about jury duty, like this benign joke, you know, that usually, you know, who cares? Um, funny joke, but like, who, like, we're not going to get up in arms. And immediately she was like, not true, not true. And I'm like, Shh. I, I, in my head, I'm furious. Like, what, what are you doing? But in, outwardly, I'm just like, who are you, Snopes? Like, what is happening right now? Why are you calling this out? Like, not true? What You're fact-checking a comedy show? I got news for you. You're going to be very busy, okay? If my wife were here, she'd say, well, that's not how it went. That's not how it went. That's not how, okay? This is, this is an embellishment of reality. This is a movie. 
okay? Do you go to a movie theater and you yell out in the theater, that's not how it happened. The, the shark is fake. Jaws isn't real. The shark is fake. It's a mechanical shark. No, shut your hole. Are you out there, you know, figuring everything out with Hamilton? Are you out there just saying that's not how it was? Hamilton wasn't that way. Hamilton wasn't Puerto Rican or whatever you're saying. Like, Aaron Burr wasn't black. Aaron Burr wasn't black. This isn't factual. Like, shut your hole and enjoy the art. Like, sit there and enjoy the story. But right away. So immediately I was, you know, okay, you, you obviously have something you want to say. What, what's going on? And, uh, and she had nothing to say. <laughs> she had nothing. It was just, just a waste of time. So like, and she keeps chirping, by the way. She's just still running her mouth the entire time. Like, I'm up there and I'm ignoring her. But she's like waving her arms. She's chirping. You know, um, you know finally I, I, try, I attempt to avoid. At one point I'm like, I'm not going to engage. Okay, you can you can talk, but I'm not going to talk back to you. Okay, because that's that's a dead end. We tried, we tried going down that road. We looked to see if there was any fruit on that tree. There was not. It was a dead tree. It was a crazy tree. And so now I'm just going to just avoid you at all costs. Um, and then and then she just kept mouthing off, mouthing off. And finally, finally, I had to shut her up. And she walked right into a bear trap. And I, you know, I don't like doing it, but you could tell. You can tell in the video I'm a little mad. You can tell I like I've had enough of her. And the, by the way, the audience had had enough of her. Okay, the audience was over it. You know how you can tell like when you shut it down and then there's an overwhelming positive response from everybody else, and she still, still was not in reality. Like she heard that, and her perception of that was was uh, that uh, the crowd was on her side. She didn't understand that they were against her. They were cheering that I was able to shut her down and they didn't want her to talk anymore and they were sick of her. She perceived that as like egging her on because I could hear her say, nobody else I don't think heard her say this and maybe you can hear it in the tape, but I don't think anybody else heard her say this, but she she said, it's okay, you can buy us all a drink. And I ignored that because I was like, oh, this lady is cuckoo bird bananas. Like this, she has no idea what's happening in reality. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to ignore that the rest of the way. I, I've shut it down. And for the most part, the rest of the way, she was quiet. I could tell she was a little bit like kind of butthurt. She like didn't like that I wasn't engaging with her or, or seeing her side on anything. But, and the guy that she was with, he, he looked uncomfortable. So I think he knew. I think he knew that she had had too many drinks during dinner right before the show. And he was just like, please just don't screw this up for me. I'm going to have to hear this for the next month if this goes poorly. Let's just ride this out. Um, so I don't know why people do that. I don't know why. You know, everybody else was so cool. Everybody else there was so cool. I got to meet a bunch of people after the show. Um, I met some people. This one gal that's uh, was just in town visiting. She runs like an African safari. She's like, come, come bring your family on safari. It'll be safe. And there was another family there who had just done it. And they were like, yeah, it's amazing. And they're lions walking around outside your tent. I was like, they, they, I just went camping. <laughs> I know I know what my tent can take. I don't really want lions walking around. They're like, it's so cool. You can you can hear the lions walking around at night, right? You know, feet from your from your tent. I'm like, what are you out of your mind? I've got children. I'm not gonna bring them in to Africa to feed them to a lion. Like there are plenty of other ways to get knock them off. Like, why would I do that? We did just go camping. 
By the way, me and the me and the boys, uh, we get invited every year with this group of friends. All, all these dads take their kids out, and um, and so I, we had gone a couple of years previous, but most weekends I can't make it because I work on weekends. But this one, it just so happened uh, that I had the weekend open, and, and my buddy Brent's like, "Come on, let's go, let's go!" And so we went out and had a blast, had a blast camping. But there's a big, there's a big difference between camping like as a family or with like a couple of full families where there are moms present and just a group of dads could be because the supervision <laughs> was lacking to to put it nicely like we had we had probably like 30 kids running around one fire you know with the, all those sticks that are half burnt up i was just like somebody's going to take one of these pokers to the eye so a kid's going to fall in the fire something's going to happen here and knock on wood, I mean, I guess this trip's over. We don't have to knock on wood. They all made it. When nobody, nobody got hurt, nobody got burned. It was incredible. But, but dads, you know, their attention to detail is not what it is when there are a couple of moms there, You're right? <laughs> like, uh, like, well, myself personally, uh, whenever I've gone camping, you know, Sarah helps check on everything. Like, we got to get this, we got to get this, make sure this is in the car, this is in the car. She does a great job. And I'm kind of like meat and potatoes, like get the meat and potatoes. She's like, I'll, I'll put carrots and celery and cabbage in there as well so that it's balanced. And I, and I show up and we set up the tent. I was like, let's set up the tent before it gets dark. I don't want to have to do this in the, in the dark when I've had a few drinks. And um, so we put it up right away. We're putting our sleeping bags in there and then... Uh oh, what what did Big Daddy forget? Big Daddy forgot <laughs> forgot the uh, air mattress. Oh damn it! Where is Sarah when you need her? And we're not far from Los Angeles. We're like forty miles, but that's too far to go back. It's too far. So so I'm like, oh okay. I guess we're just sleeping on the ground. At least not that cold out. And um and I, 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 we set up everything. I forget about it. I think, okay, that's future next problem. I'm not going to worry about that right now. And, uh, you know, have a few beers. We go to the beach, play around. Uh, it's cool. The kids found some cool shells. People's feet got wet. Big mistake when you're camping. Um, and then we went back, built the fire, had dinner. And this is another thing that's kind of strange when you go out with other people. And, like, when you go over to somebody's house to eat. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced, but, like, when people come over to my house... I am cleaner than I will ever be when I'm just cooking for me and my family. Like, I'm a clean guy in the kitchen. Like, I, I think things are gross if you're not clean. But there are little things like like if you're chopping a carrot and the carrot comes off of the cutting board and onto the kitchen counter that I didn't just wipe down, I'm going to take that carrot. I'm either going to, you know, if it's just our family, I'll probably just put the carrot back. Like, who cares? Um, when people are over and they're there, and I'm cooking for somebody else, I will take that carrot and I will throw that carrot away. Like that, that just, I'm not even going to go rinse it off. Like most normal people would rinse it off. Like a family reunion, that's a rinse off, right? Actually family reunion, that's probably just put back in the pot. But at the very least, I would do a rinse off if this is like in mixed company that I'm very comfortable around. Like who cares? That carrot just hit that. Maybe there were some papers on there earlier. Big whoop. But uh, company over that I'm not that comfortable. Okay, I'm just going to throw that in the trash. Quit. Ask no questions, right? Leave no doubt. And, um, I mean, forget something falls on the floor. My mother-in-law drops something on the floor. She's picking it up. She's, like, licking it off and putting it back in the pot. And everybody's going, oh, what the hell? What the hell was that? I mean, when I go over there, I love 
I love my wife's family, but they, <laughs> there's some questionable things that have happened over the years. I remember, I think this was three years ago, they cooked a ham for Christmas, and um, and the ham was going in, and I knew they pulled it out of the deep freezer, okay? And so who knows? With with two people that are empty nesters, you know, one of them's retired, the other one's barely working, something comes out of the deep freeze, you go, all right. How long has that been in the deep freeze? How long have you been holding on to this ham? And so I'm helping, like, get it out of the packaging and put it there. And as I'm taking it out of the packaging to put it in the pot where it's going to be cooked, I just happened to glance. I don't even think I checked, but I happened to glance at the expiration date. And it was two years prior. Now, some of you might be tuning out right now. Some of you might be going, Hoff, it's in a deep freeze. That means it lasts forever. And you very well may be right, but there's something about it when you are, I don't know how long it was in that deep freeze. I don't know where it came from. Two years expired. That's something. And so, and I didn't have the courage to say like, hey, this is, this meat's been expired for two years. So I like kind of, yeah, 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 the little sister. And I'm like, check that out. And she goes, Oh my God, mom, this ham's been expired for two years and now we're not eating ham, right? And, and there's a little bit of contention like, oh, it's fine. Who cares? Oh, getting a call. Hold on. <laughs> so, so there's a little bit of ham contention right there. Like I could see it in her mother's eyes like, oh, shut up. It's fine. That's perfectly fine. This is something that, this is something that the older generations will say. You know, they they will look at expired products differently than the current generation. The current generation looks at it and goes, "The milk's bad." <laughs> Yesterday was the day the milk's bad. I smell it smells funny. Uh, to, you know, older generation be like, "It's fine. It's not going to kill you." That's what they always say. It's not going to kill you. Okay. Well, there's a lot of things that aren't going to kill me. Do I necessarily want to go down that road? <laughs> like falling out of this tree won't kill me. I'd rather not fall out of the tree. Um, anyway, I'm getting getting off topic here. Oh, so so we ended up not eating the ham, right? I, I think I think Sarah's dad eventually was like, "Fine, we're not going to eat it. I'll throw it away." And I knew he like was appeasing the masses. But if it was just him, he would have eaten that ham. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'll bet you I'll bet you it was fine. Okay, it's in the deep freeze. It probably is fine, but it's like we don't have to do that. What you know, a, a chunk of ham like that's eleven dollars. There are fifteen of us here. Why risk fifteen people's like health around the holidays uh, for eleven dollars? Let's everybody pitch in eighty cents and get a new ham. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but the you know the older generation they hate wasting, but. Uh, it's funny when a bunch of dads are out there and, and like everybody's kind of pulling their own weight, like certain people are cooking this, certain people are cooking that, and everybody has different cleanliness standards. And I'm not going to get into specifics, but other pe- you know, there were some things that were happening where I was like, uh, how was the hand washing before you touched everything that we're doing? Um, <laughs> but whatever, we survived. We ate, we survived. There was a healthy amount of booze that helped you know sanitize everything, got through that. Um, but yeah, then then we get to the nighttime, right? Okay, everything's winding down. Everybody had eaten, had a few beverages. We had told ghost stories. We had gone on a little nighttime hike, had our fun. Now it's bedtime. Now it's time to pay the piper off, right? Now I remember, oh yeah, damn it, I forgot the air mattress. You know, and I know the kids are going to be fine. Kids, they, 
they're fine. They can they bounce back. You know, they they fall. They they live their lives on the ground. Me, on the other hand, like I just got an ergonomic chair <laughs> like a year ago. Right, I could no longer take the normal just here's a run of the mill chair for me to sit in on any given day. Um, and we get in there, we get all cozy. We're all you know in our jammies and our cozy hats and stuff like that. And I'm laying there, and I can feel like I'm on a rock. I can feel it under me. I'm like, okay, and I kind of move over. But that's not helping. You know, the rock wasn't doing it. The rock wasn't the problem. It was the fact that I am sleeping on hard ground, and I am a man that is plus 40, okay? (laughs) And I get there, and I'm just, I'm tossing and turning all night. And it's not like one of those, like, roll over in bed to find, like, a, a new position. It's like roll over, and the roll also hurts you because your ribs are just rolling over on this hard ass dirt that's just been beaten into submission. So I did not get a lot of sleep. And I'm waking up, you know, every 15 minutes to to noises. And one of the kids, one of the little kids in his tent, he's just screaming at like 2 a.m. He's like, no, no. And I'm like, I've, by the way, I've been there. I've been the guy in that tent that the entire campground can hear. Um, and so I'm feeling bad for that, Dad. Feeling bad for myself and my back. So I did not care when at 6 a.m., we woke up and it was time, time to go, right? I was like, yeah, let's get off this floor and, and, and get going. Have breakfast, you know, uh, also breakfast cleanliness. How many of you took a whiz in the middle of the night? Where's your hand sanitizing station, right? Um, okay, now you're cutting every single bagel here. <laughs> All right. And uh, we went for it. And it's fine. We survived. Got back just in time coaching uh, little flag football for the boys. The old Hoff boys are playing flag football. Chips off the old block. Well, we didn't ever have flag football when I, where I was growing up. Um, but uh, I, I get to coach both boys, which is fun. It's fun, and you get to see them, and you're proud. You, you, it's like, and, and I, I'm fully aware of the fact that you guys don't care about my kid playing flag football right now, okay? I get it. I'm not going to I'm going to spare you the details. Just know that like you see your kid do something like a little athletic and you're kind of proud. You're like, "Oh, there it is." Like something translated in the semen, right? You're like something got through. All right. And uh so it, it's this moment of pride. You you understand why people show you pictures of their kids and pictures of their cat. They're proud of their cat, you know. It's the same thing. I don't want to bore you with it, but it's exciting. I will say this it is it is hard to coach other people's kids with the same amount of discipline that you coach your kids with, right? Because you can be hard on your own kids. You know, you know what they can take, and you know how to deal with them, and you can be kind of like, ah, you got to do this better. But other people's kids, some of them are soft. Some of them are strong. Some of them are soft. And you go, uh-oh, like, how am I going to deal with this? I have a kid that comes into the huddle on game days, and he asks to sit out. He just comes in there. Every other kid wants to play, but he's just like, can I, can I go out? I'm like, yeah, I guess you can. <laughs> like, I'm not going to make you play if you don't want to, you know? And I feel bad because his parents are on the sideline. Why is he out? Well, because he has to be. <laughs> and so I, I move him in, but it's just kind of like, I don't know. And in practice, he just sits there and he constantly disrupts. And I want to be hard on him, right? Athletics is like the ultimate 
version of tough love where you just like go run a lap okay you're not you're not doing what you're supposed to do and you're you're interrupting you're you're not paying attention go run a lap and i make them all run together i say if one of you's not paying attention we're all running okay go and at the end of practice i run with them because i'm like here let's look i'm not above this let's go but there's one kid on my group that just doesn't want to do the stuff he doesn't want to do the work i don't know if he cares and he's not he's not half bad like when he runs he's pretty fast but he just has no interest he just has no interest in doing it. And I kind of want to be like, listen, you got to do this because you're dragging the rest of the team down. The rest of the team wants to win. The rest of the team wants to play hard. If you're not playing hard and you're not going to do your part, I mean, I know you're six. <laughs> that's, that's the other hard part is the children is a child, right? I'm looking at him going, maybe, maybe something will spark. You know, if I get him involved and, and he makes a good play or something, maybe something will spark and all of a sudden he'll be into it. But uh, I, I don't know what to do with this kid when he's like, I'm not going to run. I'm like, you're running. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm like, Phew. and I'm looking over at the sideline and his nanny's over there. She's not helping. Like, get over here and discipline this kid. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he has no discipline at home because everybody else is running. Everybody else is into it. Everybody else wants to win this race, right? They're going for it. Everybody else is advancing and trying. This one kid, and I don't know what to do to get him to go, but I, want, I don't want to be hard on just this one kid. I want to like a little peer pressure, like right. If everybody has to run because of this one kid, maybe they'll be like, "Come on, get it together, let's go." I don't want to keep running because of you, dipstick. But uh, it hasn't kicked in yet, and so I I don't know what to do. It's hard. It's hard to coach other people's teams, but we got we got more games. Our our um our, our one group. It's tough too because a lot of these kids have never played football before, so I'm teaching them everything, and I get it. That's that's every sport, right? kid gets into baseball for the first year none of them can play catch you know maybe you get the one kid and it is funny to see like you've got a couple kids just separate themselves you go oh i didn't have to teach you anything you just have it naturally right you you just have this naturally and then there's other kids that are like one wave behind but there are a couple kids really like you're just a free-range kid that has been running since day one and just can do all the things with your body like there's no awkward like weirdness with what's going on, and so it's fun to see those guys and and see what they can do, and you try and get the rest of them up to that level, right? And so we got games this weekend. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. We got to get a W. We got to get a W. I feel somewhat responsible. Some of the parents found out I'm a comedian, and now they I think they look at me differently. Originally, I think they looked at me like, hey, this guy's a football expert, right? He, play, he grew up playing football. He's a football expert. He's going to teach my kid to be a football expert. And now they look at me as a comedian. They're like, oh, this guy's just a jackass. <laughs> Could he do what he does? But we're having fun. We're having fun. And hopefully, hopefully we can pick up some W's. This is boring. This is boring for everybody. Um, I, I guess I'll just end it. I guess I'll end it. And uh, check out, I'm going to have an accompanying video uh, with that lady heckler in Boise. So if you want to check out that, I'm going to try and integrate some of this podcast in there so that you have some context with what I was going through with this gal without showing the whole show so that you know what's going on. So check out my social media, Instagram, uh, Nick Hoff Comedy on Instagram, Nick Hoff on Facebook. I got the YouTube channel. The special's still up there, still kicking, still puttering along a little bit. I think we're at 175,000 views. Try and get up over 200,000, you know, before, maybe before the new year. Maybe we can get up to 200,000. And I'm hoping hoping to get my subscriber base up on my YouTube channel to hopefully it's, I mean, we're at like 2,400 or something, but I'd like to get it up closer to 10,000 here pretty quick because I'm going to be releasing my new special, uh, which is going to be filmed in, oh yeah, let me plug some dates here. So um, 
I've got some corporate events and things like that coming up that uh, people can't come to, but um, I do have dates in um, in December. I guess is what is what we're going to look at. I'm still in uh, in December, so uh, December eighth and 9th at Stir Crazy Comedy Club in Glendale, Arizona. That's Phoenix, Arizona. Get those tickets. Get a group. Get the your best laughing friends, the ones that want to have fun and have a great outward laugh. Get them. And get them to those shows. Get those tickets early. It'd be nice if we had four sellout shows uh, to record that special, and then I can have uh, you know great footage to cut from and uh, and put out that special early next year, hopefully. So if you're not subscribed to my YouTube, get on there, Nick Hoff on YouTube, Nick Hoff Comedy on uh, all social media, and uh, and then check out my dates. I got dates coming up uh, next year and like to Mexico. Temecula, California. I got Manchester, New Hampshire coming back to the Rex Theater. That's middle December. So if, you, if you're listening from uh, Manchester, come on out, okay? Um, and then, then I got like the Ben Theater in, in Wisconsin earlier next year. All those things are up at NickHoff.com. I thank you guys for listening. I hope you're having a good uh, end of your Halloween. Have a safe Halloween here coming up. And don't forget, whatever you do, the Doom Doom Bip.